This is Indian Noir, India's number one horror, crime and dark fantasy storytelling podcast. Independent India has faced many threats from within and without. Most of them have been thwarted thanks to the courage, skills and intellect of the men and women who serve in our military and intelligence organizations. But sometimes our enemies win. In the aftermath of the 2611 attacks, a deep cover black ops agency was created to eliminate threats from within. Anarchist death cults, vicious double agents, traitorous political cabals, clandestine terror cells and dangerous puppets of enemy states. Only three things are known about this secretive organization. One, their agents are deployed as a trio, a stealthy intelligence operative, a lethal special forces soldier and a cunning field commander. Two, their motto is death to our enemies. Three, in classified logs, they are referred to as Trishul. Trishul, Season 1, Episode 9 On big missions, Usha took on the role of a sniper to provide overwatch and clear a path for the team if the entry points were heavily defended. Decades of experience as a sniper who accompanied surgical strike teams along the line of control made her a deadly asset. Back in the day, she would crawl through thick vegetation and deploy her trusty old Dragunov to take out jihadi infiltrators and enemy combatants sneaking into India's sacred territory. Now she looked through the Kala's ZF-69 scope of the Austrian SSG-69 rifle at the combatants arrayed against her team. They were positioned behind sandbags and other barricades stacked up at the entrance to the pumping station. With an effective firing range of 800 meters, the weapon was a good fit for the mission. Usha lay prone, covered by her ghillie suit, on a rocky outcrop jutting out of one of the hills surrounding the compound, about 700 meters from the pumping station building. Subbu was in a nearby van operating a PD-100 Black Hornet Nano UAV. He was serving as a spotter, calling out targets to Usha 
enabling her to calculate her firing vectors through the haze of the smoke grenades that Arihant and Feza had deployed when they stormed the compound. Usha smiled at the excitement in Subbu's voice as he gave her precise instructions. Usha pulled the trigger, turning a skull into a vaporous streak of red mist that hung temporarily in the air before vanishing like a bloody magic trick. After each shot, she deftly operated the bolt to chamber another bullet before repeating the act of taking lives with pitch-perfect headshots. After she had killed six of the defenders, she turned the scope to scan the approach of her operatives. Arihant and Feza were in their special forces combat gear, taking cover behind the concrete barrier that surrounded the large tank with its solar panels that resembled silicon and metal floral bouquets. They would have to take out a few more of the defenders to cross the bridge and enter the pumping station. The full frontal attack was necessitated by the marshy terrain behind the building. To the right, Commander! Someone is trying to flank the strike team, Subu announced in her ear. Usha turned her attention back to the barricades and spotted a head bobbing slightly above the lip of the cover. She took in a deep breath and exhaled slowly as the scope's reticle zeroed in on the exposed portion of the enemy combatant's skull. She pulled the trigger and his cranium ceased to exist. A good shot, Nandi Actual! Subu exclaimed through the earpiece, almost shattering Usha's eardrums. Good call, Nandi One, but can I request that you keep your excitement in check? I don't want to go deaf at the end of this operation, Usha said. Subu did not respond. Usha could sense him focusing on the monitor in the van. He had spotted something of interest. All operatives, there is movement on the banks of the river. I see several men in hazmat suits and large containers being stacked in a neat row, Subu radioed. That doesn't sound good, Nandi One. Usha frowned. Cobra Two, you need to intercept this activity right now, Usha radioed Phaser. We cannot let them compromise the river. Affirmative, Nandi Actual, Feza responded. The Irian Conclave sniper was frustrated that he couldn't get a lock on the enemy sniper, wreaking havoc on their defensive line due to a lack of line of sight. He was also pissed off that he couldn't take shots at the two Thrishul operatives on the other side of the tank thanks to the lingering haze from the smoke grenades. In short, the position he had chosen for himself on the water tower was rubbish. There was only one solution. He needed to climb higher. In fact, he would need to be on top of the water tower to achieve his objective. He hissed out his annoyance before picking up his equipment and clambering up the narrow steel ladder that would take him to the flat top of the tower. Once he got there, he laid out the canvas to protect his torso from the hot surface of the tank that had been absorbing the fury of the blazing sun all day long. He lay prone and glassed the compound. He had the two Thrishul operatives in his sights now. The elevation had exposed their bodies to his deadly aim. 
But first, he wanted to get hold of the son of a bitch who was sniping them from a distance. Another shot rang from the hills, and another one of his fellow soldiers dropped dead. Fuck you, he said under his breath. I am coming for you, you bastard. A buzzing sound caught his attention, and he scoped ahead to find a small UAV hovering over the compound. Assholes, that's how you're doing it. A spotter in the sky. He glanced the surroundings and could not spot the sniper. This person was dug in good and hidden by top-grade camouflage. The drone floated into his field of vision, seeking its next victim. It buzzed like an annoying fly and its sound made his blood boil. He had no choice. If he didn't take it out, more of his mates would die today. He would focus on slaying his enemy after he had destroyed his crutch. The drone was firmly in his sights now, and he pulled the trigger and shattered it to pieces. The iodine conclave sniper pulled back the bolt mechanism, cleared the chamber, and then loaded another bullet before panning his barrel across the surrounding hills. He scoped the trees and the rock formations, looking for the tiniest glint of glass or metal, his trigger finger ready to execute the bane of his existence. By the time Subu radioed in, I'm blind now. Someone has taken out the drone. Usha, who had spotted the muzzle flare of the enemy sniper in her peripheral vision, had logged onto the target. The battles between snipers across the heavily forested swathes of the line of control was legendary. They would lay patiently for hours, surveying the hills for the slightest glint, or a muzzle flare blazing amongst the silhouetted foliage to deliver the kill shot. Usha called on her years of experience, garnered from her service in India's border warlands. She placed her enemy's head in her crosshair and sent the bullet flying towards the prone combatant atop the water tank. The shot raised out of the barrel at incredible velocity. It bored through the enemy's rifle scope, plunged into his open eyes and exited the back of his skull, spraying brain matter and eye core onto the bleached white rooftop of the tank. Enemy sniper is KO, Usha said. Woohoo! Subu whooped in delight. Time for you to move to priority location Zeta, Usha instructed Subu. It was time for the computer whiz turned field agent to initiate an important side mission which might mean the difference between success or the death of millions on this day of days. Yes, boss, he said, bringing a smile to Usha's lips. She was very proud of him. She always was. The enthusiasm he had showed all those years ago in completing his compulsory military training to supplement his core skills as a white hat hacker had earned him her respect. While he was not a warrior like Arihant or Faiza, he did not lack the courage or the conviction to commit to the most dangerous of duties with gusto. It was great to see him shine during a dangerous and important mission like this one. Usher was grateful that she had a crack team to work with to keep the monsters that chomped at the nation's heart at bay. 
The Narmada flowed peacefully, without remonstrance, but Jagdeep couldn't enjoy the sight of his men corrupting its waters with Noxavat. All he could hear was the sniper repeatedly eliminating the defenders he had arrayed against his enemies. He barked orders to one of his men to guard the two minions pouring the containers of Noxavat into the river. Then he headed back to counter the individual that threatened to derail their operation. The sniper needed to be taken out to ensure their victory and his big payday. He went around the rear of the pumping station, cutting across the thicket before climbing up a hillock from where he glassed the surroundings. He couldn't see the front of the building from where he was located, but it offered an excellent view of the hills that surrounded the compound. His advanced optics allowed him to toggle between a zoom mode and a thermal mode. He scanned from left to right diligently, like a diamond merchant ascertaining the value of a gem. There, in the distance, he saw a red and yellow figure, the prone form identifying it as a sniper. As if to confirm its identity, the zoomed-in figure fired another deadly shot, dropping yet another body. He should have brought more men. Jagdeep gritted his teeth in annoyance. He inched forwards, the RPG slung over his back. When he was satisfied that he had reached the optimum firing range, he glassed the point of interest again. The advanced chip in the binoculars estimated the distance to be 850 meters, well within the range of the Russian-made RPG-7. He put the weapon to his shoulder, got into a stable kneeling position and watched the sniper through his scope. When he had the figure covered in the ghillie suit in sight, he let out a small chuckle before firing the rocket. The deadly payload propelled towards the enemy, trailing white smoke. A microsecond before he pulled the trigger, he thought he saw the sniper snap their head in his direction. Good, Jagdeep thought. You can watch your death snaking towards you before it explodes in your face. The rocket unleashed its fury on the rocky formation where Usha was positioned, exploding with concussive force. It shattered rocks and sent chunks of debris flying in all directions. A compact fireball blackened the surrounding trees and stripped them of their foliage. No one could have survived the fiery devastation unleashed by Jigthib. What was that? Arihan said, looking at Faiza with concern at the sound of the explosion that wiped out Usha's last known location. A storm of bullets from the barricade pinned the Thrishul operatives to their defensive position behind the concrete barrier around the tank. A few poorly aimed grenades flung by the Iodine Conclave fighters landed just short of the wall and fell into the tank. The resulting explosions caused the water to geyser up and splash back down into a churning mass of white bubbles. None the actual. What's your status? Arihant inquired. There was no response. None the actual? 
Arihant shouted into his mouthpiece. The radio stayed silent. Nandi won? Feza said, her voice trembling. The commander, Subhu's hesitant voice, came alive on the radio. I think, I think it was a rocket. There is nothing left of the... Nandi won. Arihant interrupted him with a firm voice. Proceed with your part of the mission. Off to priority location Zeta. We must not tarry. Millions of lives depend on it. Vande Mataram, Cobra One, Subhu said. Arihant could sense Subhu holding on to his love for his country and his duty towards his people to give him courage to take the next difficult steps. The commander might be out of the picture but they had to go on as a team and complete the mission. Arihant was next in command and he intended to competently fulfill his duties. He needed to build the reserves of bravery and resolve in his team. So he responded, Vande Mataram. Feza, you must go to the river bank. I will give you covering fire. Arihant said, turning to Feza. Major, Faiza said, biting down the sorrow that threatened to overwhelm her. Arihan's eyes were brimming with tears. He said, We must go on, Faiza. You are the one who usually inspires courage in my heart. I can't have you bail on me. Yes, Major. Faiza said, wiping away her tears. Vande Mataram. Arihan nodded an acknowledgement and then tapped Faiza on her shoulder. She moved forwards in a combat prowl in the direction of the riverbank, using the concrete wall for cover, as it absorbed a hail of bullets from their enraged enemies.